with what's going on in the earth. Yes, it's going on. Yes, it's happening. But none of these things move me. God's Word moves me. I will not change. I will not uh, be moved by my, by my faith in Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. Amen? And then we spoke about the church in the streets. The church in the streets. God, God is going to take the church out of the church building into the streets, into the homes. These things are happening to, to, to shift, to shake. I was telling the, the church on Tuesday night in the book of Acts, it says, and they gathered in the temple and in the houses. And maybe God's going to give us back the houses, the houses where people gather together in houses all over the city. Can you imagine if there's a church of 400 people and those, those 400 people are in houses all over the city? That's a wildfire spreading in the city. Pockets, houses, worshipping Jesus. 30 people in one house, 20 people in another house. The neighbors find out about it. And they say, you invite them over, come over tonight. We're going to have a, a gathering. We're going to have something to eat together. And all of a sudden, God's moving in the community. Through the church, the church in the streets. We've got to get ready, church. We have to be ready because we must shine the light. We must be the salt of the earth. We must have oil, the oil of the Holy Spirit in our life that brings healing to all those that are, that are around us. Amen? Praise God. So God's been preparing us. Do you believe that? Amen? God's been preparing us. Now we have to use that. Now, we have to use those weapons, use the word of, that God uh, speaks to us and so that the world can see these, these Christians are stable. These Christians are established. They're not moved by what they see. They're not moved by what they hear. But unfortunately, what I'm seeing now is Christians scared, scared just like the world. And we shouldn't be. Amen. And that's going to be the thing that makes us different. The world is panicking. The world is going to and fro. But when they, when they see you and me, that they would see a stability, that they would see someone that knows in whom he believes and is not easily moved, and then you have an opportunity to share with them the hope of Jesus Christ. Because this, this is a wonderful time to share the hope of Jesus Christ. This is a wonderful time to say Jesus Christ is the giver of true peace. Wonderful time. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. So this morning, I just want to share for a few minutes on this, uh, on this, in this direction that, that, we, that we starve our doubts and that we, that we feed our faith and starve our doubts and be careful what we allow to enter into our ears because our ears are important with regards to our faith life but they're also important with regards to fear. Just as God uses our ears to introduce faith into our lives. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of God. But fear also comes by hearing. Fear comes by hearing. Fear comes by hearing the words of the enemy, the words of the devil. So these ears are very important. Words enter into our ears and then what we hear creates a, a, a mindset. What we hear creates a, a, a belief system. What we hear 
what we hear creates our, our reactions, amen? What we hear feeds our feelings. So it's very important that we understand the power of words and the, the importance of, of our ears and what we allow to come in and how we can detox and how we can filter, amen? How we can protect ourselves from uh, taking part in, in the fear that is going on around us today. Amen? So our ears are not rubbish bins. Our ears are not rubbish bins. Our ears are receivers or receptors that God uses to channel faith into our life. Amen? Our ears are not rubbish bins. They are receivers, receptors that God uses to introduce faith into our life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the words of God. But the devil also uses our ears as a vehicle to bring fear and discouragement into our life. Amen. And our attitudes and our reactions and our response to things will be a direct result of what we allow to enter into our ears. Amen. And, what, and, and a direct result of how we react. So the first verse that I want to read this morning is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. And it says this, Let him that thinks he stands, take heed lest he falls. Let him that thinks he stands, take heed or, or uh, watch, watch himself lest he falls. So we can never be of God. We can never let our guard down. We must always be intentional with our faith. We must be intentional with our faith. Let, let him that thinks he stands watch lest he falls. Because while we're on this earth, we will always be on a journey of faith. While we're on this earth, we're always going to be uh, susceptible to attacks. We're always going to be open to attacks. Let us never be arrogant. Let us never be cocky. Let us never be in a position where we think, I don't need to be intentional with my faith. I don't need to be careful what I hear. I don't need to be careful what I see. I can do it. I'll get through this. No. Let he that thinks he stand watch. Take care of himself lest he fall. Because, for example, Elijah, who was a mighty prophet of God, one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, he, he found himself in a place where he wanted to die. He found himself in a place where he wanted to give up. He wanted to throw in the towel. He found himself in a place where he had wrong perspective. He thought he was the only one. John the Baptist, which was one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, he found himself in jail in Matthew chapter 11. It says that he was in jail. And in jail, he said to his disciples, can you go and ask Jesus, is he the one? Is he the Messiah? Or do we wait for another? You know, a jail will, will change your perspective. So God, God goes from provider to the one that gives you the problem. And he's not. God goes from the one that is with you, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, to the one where I'm, he's left me, I'm the only one. 
because the jail or things that happen around us, if we're not careful, if we, if we do not watch ourselves, they will get to us. Can you imagine John the Baptist was, he baptized Jesus. John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And what did he say when he baptized Jesus? Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He said that. Then when he baptized Jesus, the Bible says, and the heavens opened. And what happened? And a dove came and sat on Jesus, and a, and a voice was heard from heaven saying this, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. John, John hears this, and John sees this. He's had an amazing experience with Jesus. He's had an amazing experience with God. I don't know about you, but I, I've never heard the voice of God audibly in that kind of a way, you know, from heaven, hearing it audibly. John heard God's voice audibly and testifying, Jesus is my beloved son. I am well pleased with him. He is, he is my son. He is God. He is the Messiah. John baptized Jesus. And he prophesied through his own words, he is the Lamb of God. He is the Messiah. He is the, the one that will take away the sins of the world. Amen? So he's on fire for God. He, is, he, has, he has had some amazing experience with God. He has heard the voice of God. He has testified of Jesus. But now he's in prison and he's questioning Jesus. Can you go and ask him, is he the one or, or did I get it wrong? Is he the one or, or, or was I confused? Was that God's voice really speaking? Was, that, was, that, was he really the one that, that takes away the sins of the world or was that just me? Amen. He who is strong, watch that he does not fall because we're all open. It depends on our surroundings. It depends on what comes into our ears. Problems. Prison has a funny way of getting into you and you start questioning God. The very God that has done so much for you, the very God that has revealed himself to you, the very God that has opened the heavens over your life, now is the very God that you're questioning and that you're saying, if he was with me, I would not be in prison. But he is God. Oh, come on, a bit amen. He is God. Amen. He is God. But the prison... Elijah. Let's look what happened with Elijah. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19. He who thinks he's strong, watch that he does not fall. We must be careful what we allow enter into our life. 1 Kings chapter 19. When you have it, you can say Amen. 1 Kings chapter 19, 1 Kings 19, verse 1 to verse 3. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel, everybody say Jezebel. Then Jezebel sent messengers. Everybody say messengers. Jezebel sent messengers. The 
Jezebel sending messengers to Elijah, the one that calls fire from heaven, the one that raises the dead. Jezebel sends messengers to Elijah. Strong man. One of the greatest prophets that ever lived. The messengers come with a message. Look what they say. So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. What the messengers were saying to Elijah was this. What you have done to the prophets, which was you've murdered them, you've killed them, so God, so God do to me if I do not kill you by tomorrow afternoon. Elijah. So you would think that, what, what would you think Elijah would do? A, a, a strong Elijah, a prophet, a man full of faith and power. He calls fire from heaven. He raises the dead. Amen. Mighty preacher. What do you, what, what do you think he would do when he hears that? It, it's a death sentence. He, he's been told, I'm coming after you. I'm going to kill you by tomorrow afternoon. I would think Elijah would say, I bind that. Actually, you die. I call fire over you, Jezebel. To a strong Elijah, that's what he would do. But words have power. Words can catch you, can catch you off your game. Words that should not have done anything to him crippled him. Jesus, I will go to the cross with you. Come on, bring it on, Jesus. Let's go together, Peter. Tonight, you will betray me three times. Now look at the next verse, verse 3. And when he saw that, he arose and he ran for his life. And he went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. And he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that night that he might die. And he said, it is enough. Have you ever said that? I've had enough. But this is Elijah. This is the man of faith and power. This is the pastor of the church. This is the man that you look and fire comes down when he speaks. And now he's saying, I've had enough. Where did it all start? Words. Words got him. I, I think he was literally exhausted. He was tired. He was weary. He had been ministering. If you look at the ministry that he had had in the verse, chapter 17, chapter 18, it was extensive ministry, extensive warfare. And the words got him tired. The words got him weary. The words got him on the brink of depression. He had, he, he had no one speaking into his ear. So the enemy filled that void and spoke a word into him. And he, and he says, it is, I've had enough. Do you find yourself sometimes saying things that you can't believe you said it? And why am I talking like that? Why am I acting like that? Well, we need to, we need to adjust. We need to make sure that we are aware of, 
of these things that words have power. And if, if the enemy can throw words into our ears, the God can also throw words into our ears as an antidote, as an antidote to the words of the enemy. Amen? It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am, I am no better than my father's. So if, if, you take out, if you take out all the chapters of Elijah before and after this, and you were to read this, you would say, this man's not, on, not even saved. But yet he's one of the mightiest prophets that ever lived. How did he get there? How did he get to a place where he, he said, it is, I've had enough, where he said, take my life, and I am no better than my father's words. Because look what it says in verse 3. When he saw that. What do you mean he saw that? What did he see? He heard words into his ears. Jezebel didn't show him anything. The messengers didn't bring a PowerPoint presentation and said to him, Je Jezebel says this, and here has what's gonna, what it's going to look like. No, the words that entered into his, into his ears, into his spirit, created in him a vision. He saw what he heard. He saw himself being murdered, being killed, being put to death. He saw it because of the power of words. Mm. He envisioned what he heard. He believed it. Jezebel sent messengers to Elijah and told him, I'm going to kill you. And the words had so much power that, they, that now Elijah saw it. I'm going to die. So much going on today, being thrown out our, into our direction. And there are many that are seeing themselves sick. There are many that envision themselves with the coronavirus. Many envision themselves being in a position where they have no food at home. They see it. That's why they're hysteria. They see themselves with no toilet paper. And that causes them to have diarrhea. Hallelujah. That in themselves gets them nervous. And so they run. See, because they, they hear it, it's all hearing it. The media tries to capture your hearing. The media captures your hearing. He starts telling you in the next 10 days, and you, and, you, and you see it. You're a man of faith and power. You're a warrior. You talk the talk, and you, you quote the scriptures, and we, and we pray heaven down. But we hear that, and we go, and I see it. Children are gonna get it. Amen. Oh, we oh pastor, someone, oh we can't we, we you know we have to be wise. Yes, wise, but not silly to say a better word because I'm preaching. Amen. They see it, they see it. Now the world, okay, because they've got nothing else better to. To, to put their faith in. 
But Christians? Christians? It's because we're, we're not putting an antidote. We're not putting an antidote. We have, we have two ears. Amen. We have, we have, there's two, two words we can hear. Amen. The words of Jezebel spoken through the messengers. Right now there's messengers all over the place. There's messengers coming with a message of, of fear and, and, and of death. And people now, they don't just hear it, they see it. Elijah saw it. That's his problem. He didn't just hear it. He didn't, he didn't come against it. He didn't stop it. He didn't say, no, you're not going to kill me. I have a lot to do on this earth. God's called me. God's anointed me. And there's still much more for me to do. You ain't not going to touch me. You're not going to kill me. If you could have killed me, you would have done that a long time ago. So get out of my way, and I'm going forward in Jesus' name. That's the way to respond. But he didn't, he didn't respond that way. And he saw himself dead. He saw it. What he heard, he saw. Because words can either cripple us or words can raise us up. Words can paralyze us or words can bring healing to our life. Words. See it. How it it's like, you know, you're not careful, then you start going with the flow. Amen. You know all the statistics. You know all the numbers. We know all the, the ways to get it. Amen. And, we, and, and then when we see it, we're in trouble. Because then people will not die because of a virus, whatever you want to call it. They will die because of fear. Fear actually is used by the enemy to bring sickness. Fear. Fear, because fear, you start thinking it, and you start speaking it. And words have. So if you move in fear, or if you don't move in fear, if you don't move in fear, you've already opened yourself up. Because you're not in faith. But we, we move in fear because of what we hear. And it, it's okay to hear something that's, that's, that's negative or something that is, that is, that's not positive. Amen. It's okay. But it's what you do with that word. We need to counteract that word with a word of faith. With a word of faith. Amen. So Elijah, he sees himself dead. Let's go to Mark chapter 5, verse 35. This is what we got to do. And thank God you can keep reading that. I don't have time to go into it. But then an angel comes and says, Hey, Elijah, what are you doing? Eat and drink. Eat this bread and drink this water. In other words, the bread in the Bible is a type of God's word. Eat the word. 
Eat the word. Get this antidote into your, into your system. Get this word into your spirit. It'll flush out all the negativity. It'll flush out that, that vision you have of you dying at the hands of Jezebel. Eat and drink. Some of you right now, you need to eat and drink. You need to eat the word of God and you need to drink the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5, this is how we do it. Mark chapter 5, verse 35. Amen. Mark chapter 5, verse 35. Let's read verse 20, 22 first. Verse 22. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell down at Jesus' feet, and he begged him, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. Can you say amen to that word? Hallelujah. Jairus goes to Jesus. His daughter's dying of a, of a critical illness. And he says, Jesus, come to my house, lay your hands on my daughter, and she shall live. She will not die. Can I ask you a question? Does that sound like a statement of faith? Does that sound like a statement of faith? Yeah. Come to my house. He's prophesying. Come to my house. Lay your hands on my daughter and she will not die. She shall live. Is that a statement of faith? Yeah. Amen. Powerful statement of faith. So they're walking to Jairus' house. A few things happen there. The woman with the issue of blood comes along, touches Jesus. Jesus now has a conversation with the woman with the issue of blood who no longer has an issue of blood. She's celebrating. Jesus is celebrating. Jesus is talking with her. And Jairus is on the side here saying, come on, Jesus. You've got to come to my house. My daughter is dying. You need to lay your hands on her. While he's doing this, while Jesus is being entertained with the woman that was healed from the issue of blood, Look what happened in verse 35. While he was still speaking, Jesus was speaking to the woman that was healed, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, and actually another translation says this, messengers, messengers came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, your daughter is dead, why do you trouble the master any further? Messengers came from Jairus' house with a message. With a message. What was the message? Your daughter is dead. She is dead. Leave Jesus alone. Why do you trouble him? Don't worry about it. There's no need for him to come to your house. Your daughter has died. They entered into his ears. Now, based on what he said in the first verse, this man was full of faith. Wasn't he? He was full of faith. Jesus, my daughter's dying. It's a terrible thing, but I believe if you come to my house, she's going to be healed. And he's full of faith. He's pumped. He's ready. Now, he's standing there. He's already a little bit like annoyed with this woman that's taking his, the attention of Jesus. And his daughter's dying. It's like, Jesus, you've got to get to my house quickly. Now, while he's doing this, messengers. Oh, there are messengers always trying to get something into your ear. There are messengers always trying to relay something negative to you. Watch out for those messengers. Messengers came and said, Hey, Jairus, your daughter has died. Why trouble the master anymore? No. So, those words are going to go into his spirit and he's going to see his daughter dead. 
Because words can cripple you. Words have power. Amen. But because Jesus knows this, Jesus does something in the next verse that teaches us what we must do in this time that we live in, in any time that we live in, whenever there's bad news, whenever something bad happens, whenever you hear something bad, Jesus teaches us what we must do. Jesus was there, and and I I love it because, look what it says in the next verse, verse 36. I love this. Are you ready? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken to Jairus, stop there. Jesus heard the same word. Jesus heard the same word. Oh, I hope you get that in your spirit. Jesus heard the same word that was spoken to Jairus. What was the word? Your daughter has died. Leave the master alone. Don't worry about it. Forget about it. Jesus heard those words, and Jesus knows those words are enough to cripple Jairus' faith. Jesus knows, if I, don't, if I don't say something soon, those words are going to cause a picture. And when the picture comes, when you begin to envision this thing, now we're in trouble. Amen. So Jesus throws an antidote into, into uh, Jairus' ear. See, this is, and quickly, quickly, quickly. When Jesus heard it, quickly, I better do this quickly. See, you've got to be quick. When you hear these things, yes, but quickly you put something else in. You hear someone say something, that's okay, but quickly you put something else in. Because if you don't do it quickly, those words will go deep on the inside of you, and before you know it, you will start to envision what you heard. That's why doctors, that's why they say, they say that if a doctor tells someone they have cancer, the person walks out of there pretty much 70% believing they're going to die. Well, whatever percentage it is, it might not be the right percentage, but it's a high percentage. With the words that, they was, that was spoken to that person, that person already believes that they're going to die. Because words have power. So Jesus heard these words, and what did he do? He said, look at that. As soon as Jesus heard the word that he spoke, that was spoken to Jairus, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Come on, church, can I hear someone say amen this morning? Jesus heard what was spoken into the ears of Jairus, so then Jesus says, I better speak a word into his ear as well. And he spoke into his ear, do not be afraid, only believe. And so those words went into his ear, and the other words went out. My daughter's not going to die. Come on. My daughter's not going to die. She shall live. What would have happened if Jesus didn't speak those words into his ear? Like any normal person, like any normal father, that hears that their daughter has died. It's enough to make you go crazy. Amen? Jesus spoke a word into his ear. And, and, and Jairus, I believe Jairus' faith was strengthened. And they went to the house. And you can read when you get home. The girl was raised from the dead. Can you say amen this morning? Hallelujah. So what words are you allowing to go into your ear? You're going to hear so much, so much negativity. You're going to hear so much that is, that is fear-filled. 
There's so much that is spoken to make us afraid. And so if we stop getting God's word into us, if we stop hearing God's word, then the devil's words are going to have a priority in our life and we're going to start acting on his word. We're going to start envisioning things. We're going to start seeing things. Amen? The devil's going to take advantage of us. He who thinks he's strong, watch that he does not fall. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So as I said before, just as faith comes by hearing the word of God, so doubt, confusion, and fear comes by hearing and hearing the words of the devil. And we are told in God's word in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, resist the devil and he shall flee from you. Too many Christians assist the devil. We are told to resist the devil. We are told to stand up against the devil. He's going to speak things into, in your direction all week. He's going to speak things against your marriage all week. He's going to speak things against your children all week. But you need to resist it. Hallelujah. You need to say, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to allow that to get on the inside of me. I'm going to get God's word on the inside of me. And God's word is going to flush out the words of the enemy. Hallelujah. This is why church is so important. It is an opportunity to hear words of faith. Amen. They're saying, saying oh, churches should close. No, no, churches should be open. It's the greatest place to be in the city right now. <laughs> Amen. It's a place of hope. It's a place of, you need more faith. I, I, I don't get it. We, we've got to stay open. They're saying churches of over 500 people need to not gather. I would say, what do you mean? That's like saying there's too many sick people close the hospitals. This is the place of hope. This is the place of faith. This is the place where people can be encouraged and strengthened and get another word into their spirit, words of God, words of faith, that God is with us. And if God is with us, who can be against us? That God's power is powerful enough to heal us from all sickness and all disease. Amen. Church is so important. Don't miss out on church. I want to speak to the congregation. Those of you that stayed home and you're listening to me on the internet, you need to come to church. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Stop going to work? Stop going to school? Stop going to the shopping center? What are we going to do? Hey Amen. I like what Erica said before. I, I find it quite funny that, you know, we do everything else, but church, oh, we better be careful. But we go everywhere else. We go to work, we mingle with people, we, and, but church, oh, we better be careful. Someone said to my wife, oh, are, are you still going to gather? Yes. Why not? Are you still going to do an altar call and pray for people? Yes. That's a little bit further away, but it is. It's just... I mean, we talk the talk. The Bible says lay hands on the sick. It doesn't say the sick that are not contagious. It says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This is the time to lay hands on the sick. This is the time, hallelujah, to be built up in our faith. Amen. Praise God. Who are we listening to, church? We need to hear the right words. May God help us this morning. Let's all stand up. Praise God. Raise your hands to the heavens. Find your strength in Jesus. Find your strength in Christ. Whose report are we going to believe? Whose report are we going to believe? What perspective do we have?
Elijah said, There's only, I'm the only one left. God said to him, there's 7,000. There's 7,000. Choose to believe God. Choose to believe the report of the Lord. Choose to believe God's word this morning. Make a quality decision. You know that Jesus hears what you've heard? And he, says, and he wants to speak a word into your life today. And say, no, I've got this. You're not alone. I'm with you. No, no, your marriage is not over. I've got this. You shall live and you shall not die. Would you allow Jesus to speak a word into you today? Would you allow Jesus to speak a word? Someone says, oh, they're going to take away the employment. They're going to take away work. There's going to be less, less work. No, no, let God speak. I'm your provider. I'm your provider. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That sounds good. Hallelujah. That sounds good. Perfect love casts out all fear. What, what messengers have you been hearing? That's all right, because we're going to hear messages all over the place. But have we heard the voice of Jesus that also desires to speak a word in the midst of all the words that we hear? The devil told you you're finished. The devil told you I'm going to kill you. The devil told you you're never going to make it. You're never going to be a somebody. You're never going to get free from that addiction. You're never going to be set free from that bondage. And you hear that and you hear that and you hear that and you, then you envision it. You see it. Well, Jesus speaks a word into your ears today and says, I died on the cross for you. My blood was shed for you. So you could be set free from sin and from bondages and sicknesses and addictions. Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. There's not a time to say, oh, I'm strong. I'm strong. There's a time to say, I need Jesus. He who thinks he's strong, watch. That he does not fall because the prison experience has a funny way of getting into us. A catastrophic worldwide event has a funny way to get into Christians, to get into us. And when we once believed in the power of God to heal, now we say, maybe, maybe this is too much for God. Maybe I better. I better change my lifestyle because God cannot do it. I need to change my lifestyle. Church, this will pass. Heaven and earth passes away, but God's word will never pass away. When this whole thing is over, it will expose to us where we are in our faith. It will expose to us where we need to get stronger. Because it shall pass. But then in one year's time, two years' time, something else will come. Something else bigger. Something bigger is going to come. 
but the God that saves us now will be the God that saves us then. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. So raise your hands right now and just begin to thank Him. Hallelujah. Begin to worship Him. Begin to praise Him. Begin to exalt Him. Begin to magnify Him. Come on, begin to say, God, I need you more than ever before in my life, in my home, in my family, with my children, in my marriage. Lord, as I go to work, as I go to the shopping center, as I drive my car, that your angels encamp around me and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Let your presence flow. Let your presence flow this morning over us. Encourage us. Strengthen us. Let us believe your report. Let us believe what you say. Let us envision what you have said about us. Let us get a picture of what your word says about us. We are more than able to overcome. We can do this for God is with us.